0: jam price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business the jam price show all about movies you're listening to the jam price show all about movies and today my guests are writer directors thomas and charles guard and we're going to be talking about their new film very exciting film dead shot welcome to the show thomas and charles nice to have you here
1: very nice to be here thank
0: you are you able to see me yet
1: (laughs)
2: thanks so much for having us
0: on the show oh you're welcome we're having a little technical difficulty here but hopefully it'll all work out this movie is absolutely and i don't say this lightly it is an excellent film it really is it is taught it holds your attention there's a lot to it and i can't wait to do a deep dive and dig into this film so our listeners know a little bit about. About this film, either Thomas or Charles, either one of you can jump in and let the audience know what Deadshot is all about. Who would like to go? Thomas, I'll just pick on you, Thomas.
1: Deadshot's about um, it's a revenge story. It's about um, an Irish paramilitary whose um, wife is, is killed in, a, in an ambush that goes wrong and he swears to find the soldier, the British soldier responsible and that takes him to London in the mid-70s when there was um, a huge campaign of violence from a bombing campaign by the ira in london and the irish paramilitary starts to his only way of getting hold of this soldier is to engage in more violence and that journey starts to make him question um his motives and actually what he really wants but by then it's actually too late because he's already poked the hornet's nest and started to make the british soldier angry in turn so there's a kind of a crossover between the two of them with unexpected consequences yeah. I- <laughs> possibly
0: say. It brought obviously this film you know is taking place in the 1970s when it was the height of everything that was going on between the IRA and England but it just you just see the futility of so much of this and that's what you've really represented it so beautifully. There are no heroes in this film. You don't know even you know so many films we watch like this and you're rooting for someone and in this film it's just kind of your. Rooting for everyone in a way, you know, but it's it. There's just no heroes. There's no winners in this mm. film. More losers than winners, and that's the tragedy of this movie, you know. And it's so well done. Such a great cast. I, I really it's want to you know dig into this cast first. How did this project come to you? To both of you, Charles. How did how did so, you? It
2: was- um, we were set it by Chris Cohen, the producer, and um, it was it was a, an early draft of um, a project called Borderland that had been written by Ronan Bennett. Um, we kind of we just loved we loved the we, we loved the genre. We loved the idea of of a revenge story, um, and we loved the period of the seventies. Uh, and And we really we've always been fascinated by stories about the Troubles. We kind of grew up um, with. Uh, on our mother's side of the family we have a lot of irish families so um we've always kind of been been drawn to these sort of ambiguity and the duality of of um the kinds of characters that got caught up in this and yeah as you say i mean that there are no no heroes it's we've really that was something that we really um we really wanted to kind of feed that into the story so that so you really didn't know who to root for that you could kind of be rooting for one person and then switch your allegiance to the other um, because we felt that that was very true to it was very true to how we experienced the the violence of the time in the eighties. You know, when we were growing up as children. So yeah, I mean, that was kind of we we latched on and, and sort of really tried to kind of hone hone the the story down into into a really simple but um, compelling narrative. Really, that that tried to sort of look at the characters and look at the story in in universal themes. You know, so themes of revenge and where it takes them um, as opposed to the political we didn't really want to get too caught up in in the politics of of everything because or explaining the politics of everything because really it's it what interests us about the story is it's it's happening now You know, it's kind of the same thing is happening now in countries, you know, not just in in America, but in the UK, in in Europe. I mean, it's it's a very dangerous time. And there are kind of a handful of, of powerful, often men who are controlling kind of younger, more sort of perhaps more innocent men into and kind of corralling them into doing terrible things so it's uh, it's important we felt that we felt it was a really important story to kind of you know tell from that point
0: of view it is an important story to tell and it, it is universal you're exactly right it is universal and it is so timely for the climate we're all living in today also that's just you know any moment it could be a powder keg again you know and, and, and in many places it's, it still is I loved uh, and I really want to get into the the production design the cinematography the colors that we're used, how you evoked the feel of nineteen seventies, which always always in movies and even in movies you watch from that era, had really a dark underbelly <laughs> in so many of those films. And this one does also. So uh, Thomas, tell me a little bit about how you decided to film it and how you did work with your DP and and, and your production designer because it's just beautifully shot. I mean there was the lighting just really so well done and, and just the yeah yeah it evoked this feeling of uh the futileness of it all again too just by the the way the production design is so we thought let's talk a bit about that
1: well our production designer did an amazing job tom sayer we worked very closely with him going through lots of references from the 70s street photography but also cinematic re- references and other films and together with him we thought it was really interesting to strip out all the color apart from red and to really just focus on flashes of red through the film so so we really limited the palette and I mean obviously if we were in Northern Ireland, what, what was said as Northern Ireland, you would get the greens of the woods and the trees but the natural colours we left as, as they were but we were really keen to strip out artificial colours um, like human colours to just beiges and browns, keep the beiges and browns and then have these pops of red and it was quite exciting and it it, it um it felt, it felt quite scary in a way and when you see those flashes of red and, and quite disturbing
0: Yeah it is. And then,
1: and then uh, um Matthias Ruud was our cameraman and um he was a, a, he's a Swedish cameraman. Um and we did a lot of masses of scouting with him in, in Scotland, in Glasgow and uh in in uh, and outside of Glasgow. And he it was just great seeing he he reacted very emotionally to locations, certain locations. Um and then with the time of year that we were shooting in, which was winter January and February it also lent just a very grim overcast uh rainy drizzly damp feel to the film and that was something that we really wanted we we couldn't imagine shooting the story in summer for instance with trees out with, with leaves on the trees we were really concerned to to shoot it um in the winter and actually right at the end spring was bursting out and it was quite quite frustrating we were like racing to get some exteriors done before buds started showing um but yeah kind of focusing on the um smoke
2: as well i mean that was uh, yeah the one thing smoke Mm -hmm. and and wet downs you know we just wherever possible we just kind of made it really wet and dreary and smoky
0: yeah, it just, as I said, it owns it so much. And I love the end, and you know, just the end when you just, I don't know if when I want to even let everybody know, but just that end scene when it's just the cup, you know, it's all, I'll just say it's all red, you know, and that was just also it says a whole lot, too, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, about the film. Yeah, and and it was just and and the particular color of red that you chose too. I think that was just you know it, it was spectacular. It was the perfect color. As <laughs> as we go into the credits from oh. there, yeah,
1: saying, saying all the right things there, Jan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. We had a lot of com- we had a lot of conversations about the color that tone of red <laughs> at the end.
0: I'm sure you did because there's so many yeah. different tones of red. You know, I love red. I, I wear red a lot. <laughs> yeah. But that was it. was just you know. It was just. I just. I loved this movie. I really did. You know. I have to just tell you. I'm. I. I'm, it's. I see a lot of movies, as you know, and a lot, when I saw the title Deadshot, I'm thinking, oh God, it's going to be another one of these, (laughs) you know, when I wouldn't even get into what I thought it was going to be. And then when I watched the the trailer and I went, oh, it's completely different. And the name to me was like, you know, did connote again, some of these other films that are out there. And and, and ironically, a friend of mine, I said, I had just watched this movie and uh, he said, do you know what a Deadshot is? And I said, well, I do now, because I just watched the movie. And, and then I said, but do you know? <laughs> so he knew exactly what it was. So I'm sure to certain people, this title will make sense, you know, that will it will yeah. re- resonate with them. And we hope they, so. Yeah. We hope so. Yeah. Interesting. Cast. I love this cast. First of all, I'm madly in love with Mark Strong. <laughs> I will go <laughs> see anything that Mark Strong is in. He's always terrific. And everything he does, he's just right on. And I just, I I absolutely adore him. And his biography, you know, just goes on and on and on and on, you know, too, of all the films he's been in. And I'm sure everybody else will recognize Mark Strong when they see him in this film. And of course, Felicity Jones. uh, And I do want to talk about them. But Colin Morgan, who you, you love the the close-ups of him, whoever that, whoever... Which one of you directed that and your well, DP? Yeah, we,
2: yeah, it was yeah, we were yeah, we were blown away. I mean Colin um Colin comes from where the film begins in South Hamar, So he he really knew he really knew this character, he really knew the kind of the world. Um and he poured he poured a tremendous amount into into that um that performance and it was quite it was an extraordinary thing to to sort of for us to watch because um because we were just we knew how fortunate we were really to sort of be able to see his thoughts and kind of look into his eyes and just when the camera was on him you just you felt the sadness and the pain of his history you know yeah. and and that for us that was that was very very important because it's um you know, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous responsibility telling stories set at this time because so many people's lives were were, were kind of um, affected by, by this, th- these troubles, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And you do uh, see, it. it's a really wonderful um, performance by yeah. uh, Colin Morgan. There really is. And because so much of acting, as many people know, is internal. And it is yeah. how you know your your facial expressions and how you portray that. And as I said, he, he yeah, he's he's a, a wonderful at doing that and brilliant performance. And and again, the camera work really caught that you know and his performance. So mm-hmm. yeah, excellent, excellent. And then there's Amal Amin. Is uh, is that how you say it? Amal Amin.
2: Amel, Amel Amelamine. Yeah,
0: um, Amelamine, and he's also wonderful in this too. Mm. Talk a little bit about the casting and how you brought this cast together. Thomas, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you did that?
1: Um, Well, we had Amel. We were thrilled when uh, um, Amel uh, wanted to jump on, and um, he he also um, connected to it, connected to the story in a in a very. A deep way through his own um, background and his own um, personal history, his, his um, parents' generation and was really interested in exploring ideas of ad- identity uh, in London at that time in the seventies. Um, and we, we had a l- many conversations with him before the film began and um, we, it was, it was a great, great pl- process. Um,
2: he did a film for Idris Elba called Yadi that uh, we had seen, um, <clears throat> and we we were really kind of we thought that his performance in that was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that kind of what what sort of was. Yeah. Calls-
0: well I'm also I'm also in love with Idris Elba and anything he does also so I, I will watch it yeah. And, I, yeah and I do remember him from that from that film really interesting performance these are these two names Amal Amin and Colin Morgan are not household names that People would know at this point, but I guarantee you that they will be uh, as their careers begin to, you know, unfold more and more. But I want to talk about how did you attract Mark Strong and Felicity Jones uh, in for her? Uh, you know, a somewhat um, minor role. So how did you attract her to this project? Because she's also wonderful. I love her too, and <laughs> many things.
2: Is amazing yeah. um we were really really lucky with um she she came on the project really f- first as um as a producer as a kind of executive producer uh but she was she was working in the, that capacity through her her company pie cross picture um and we were very lucky that we were able to kind of then uh talk to her about the role of Catherine and and see whether she was she was up for it really and and she was kind of she 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 just she just got more and more intrigued and um and it wasn't it wasn't a huge time commitment for her in terms of um yeah the the the, the on screen hours so um she she kind of she she said she was game for it which was which was amazing um because it really kind of it, it really allowed having having sort of somebody like that you know an oscar nominated actress
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh playing a, a sort of supporting role really um really allowed us to sort of explore this extraordinary supporting cast you know with with mark strong and um Tom Vaughan Lawler, another great actor. uh, We were able to sort of then put together this this kind of world, really, um, Mm. with these just amazing actors who who could take us on on this journey into their characters in in such intriguing and um, and emotional, but also kind of economic ways because. We, we just didn't, you know, we, we, we were so up against it with sort of time and money um, that that everything kind of got shrunk down. You know, we were sort of page count just had to constantly shrink. The script began at sort of over 100 pages. And I think by the end it was 79 or something. It was just sort of like we just kind of had to just jettison stuff um, throughout because we just didn't have the time or the money to shoot it right so so having and that was just an amazing luxury having actors as good as we had because we were able to to sort of get across ideas and and do things silently that we would never really have been able to do mm-hmm
0: right you're developing a shorthand but they're they're so good at their craft that they know how to get it done efficiently how many how long was the shoot thomas how many days did you have to shoot this
1: it was um it was just under seven weeks um and we had a covid outbreak on set which kind of shut us down for a bit um so we but it was it was roughly around seven weeks
0: No, so that's quite luxurious in today's world. I talk to a lot of independent filmmakers and, uh, you know, they have it in three weeks. I've had some new nine days. I'm like, are you kidding me? How do you do a movie in nine days? Uh, so, yeah, that, that seems like a long time. But the film is so beautifully done. It, it, you know, so that time that you had, even though you said you were under time constraints, uh, yeah. really showed up on the screen. When, you know, the, the work that you put yeah. into it really shows up on the screen beautifully.
1: I mean in some ways you're right in some ways it was um, a lot amount of time Time, but I think the the, the reality of shooting a, an action film and there were lots of action sequences in this is that you need lots of time and um, it's just very very intensive the work um, to get the coverage and to get the details that you need to make those sequences work right. um, so that was kind of our biggest, our biggest challenge really. And the fact that it was a period movie too. So, um, you're, you're always limited where you can, sh- where you can shoot, where you can po- literally where you can point the camera. Um, so those are the, so they were, um, they were two factors that, that okay. definitely forced something, something out. Mm.
0: How um, how do you two work together? I mean, you you wrote you co-wrote this and you co-directed it. So who does what role, and how does that work for the two of you? Charles, do you well, want to start, or Thomas? But either way, yeah, we, we kind of we we've
2: been working together for for years and years, and we sort of started working. I mean, we started. Our parents were both in the industry, so we've sort of been we've been in and around films um, since we were very very little, and. Um, and we kind of kind of grew into working together organically. So it's sort of, we, that's really how we've, we've continued to work. I mean, we don't, we don't, um, Mm. we tend not to divide roles. We, uh, we, we just really, um, we talk to the actors together. We talk to the DP together. We, we kind of, we keep it very open and conversational and, um, yeah, and we try to sort of gather a really close group of trusted collaborators around us. Because um, because one thing that is, is is tougher about there being two of you is that you have to externalize part of the process, and that that's not something if you're if you're as working in in a solo capacity, then, <laughs> then you can kind of you can hold all of those thoughts in and. Um, and and that can you know it, it it becomes very important. We found to have a really uh, a really good core team around around us. But there were times on this film. I mean, we we used to muck around as, as teenagers making films. You know, before actually. I mean, God. I mean, when we were yeah, probably eleven and fourteen, we would make films. You know track on get our mum to to be the the sort of camera car driver and, and do kind of tracking shots and skateboard dollies and all that kind of stuff and and there were moments on this this film where you know the shooting felicity in the dark room that really felt like we were we were back making films as mm. as, as kind of kids again with that that level of freedom and um yeah, just yeah, we loved it.
0: How about for you, Thomas? Which you know, which do you have a preference? Do you prefer the writing or the directing, or and well, what's the writing process like? I heard a little bit about your directing process. What's the writing direct uh, process like? For well, someone,
1: once that, so, someone once said that someone once said. I think it was. Was it Billy Wilder who who said that when you're writing, you just want to be directing. When you're directing, you just want to be writing.
0: I think it might be um, him.
1: <laughs> that we probably felt we we understood that in some ways. Um, uh, there's always an element. There's always that the frustration of when you're writing, you you want to see it real, and then of course when you're actually doing it, it's it's like oh, we just need. We just need two hours just to like rejig this slightly but you can't you don't have that so that's always the tension but it's probably a good tension to have for both
0: it is well you both work well together obviously and the proof is in this beautiful wonderful film I, I really do recommend it for everyone it, it is it's it's just you know the time of the, uh, you said you had to cut out you know quite a few pages of this of the script which i'm sure is very difficult to do is to you know cut up your baby that you've created you know in a way and make it uh shorter but it's very taught as i said earlier up you know on on the top of the show it's 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 very action-packed and it's very well put together so i don't know if you needed more uh of those you know the script to be any longer than Mm. it already was but it's really well done where can people see dead shot either one of you can answer that question you
2: you can see it it's it's going out in theaters and um, on video on demand
1: i think uh but, um, streaming on yeah streaming from Friday.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Well, everyone, look for Dead Shot. It's it's just really it just there's so much to it. It's a it's an excellent film. And thank you both for being on the show. I wish you much success with this film and and uh, I look forward to having you back on your next project. Thanks, Thanks so John. To all my wonderful loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, The best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review, drop me an email at thejampricehow.com. Thank you for listening.